people of the planet Earth, my name is Mike Goldman and this is my podcast on the mic. And I'm here to tell you that time travel is real. I am recording this video in the past and you are in the future. And I'm eventually, hopefully, if I make it there, I will see you. And one man who has proven all of this and many more theories is with me right now to prove that time travel is real, ladies and gentlemen. It was discovered by physics student Jermaine Tolbar and his counterpart, Dr. Emmett Brown. That's not my supervisor. Big pardon? Emmett Brown is not my supervisor. Emmett, Emmett Brown, he's like the DeLorean with the white hair. Oh, I see. That's see. not... Right, right, yeah. Fabio Costa. Dr. Fabio... Oh, Professor. Doctor. Professor? Doctor. 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 Do oh, Dr. Fabio Costa. Mm -hmm. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jermaine Tolbar. It's the man who proved Einstein's theory wrong. <laughs> or proved it right. Did you prove it wrong or right? Right. Well, you, but it's, it's right, but it's... You're both right. Yes. You have figured out a way to time travel. Are you from Somewhat. the future? Are you um, really here? I'm from the past. I'll, I'll say that. How did this all come about? What's the story? So um, it all started a few years ago when Dr. Fabio Costa offered this research project. UQ has a lot of programs to get undergraduate students involved in science. And so I saw the program, thought, who doesn't want to work on time travel? So I applied for the project. So you've literally been working on this for the past four years? No. So we did the research for about a couple of months and then it kind of sat around for a bit because, um, I know, uni got busy. We both got busy. And then we just decided to write it up last year into a paper. So is it just a fun joke of a thing or is it something that you legitimately think is real? Well, it's definitely not a joke. So it's legitimate research that was peer-reviewed. Um, but it's rather than proving a way to physically time travel, it's more about resolving logical consistencies. So it's about showing how um, these time loops, which are predicted by Einstein's equations, can occur without there being any paradox. Okay, so can you explain to people what a time loop is and what Einstein's CTC equation is? Yeah, yeah. So Einstein himself didn't discover these um, solutions. It was about 40 years after his theory was, um, uh, he invented his theory, that um, a few other mathematicians and physicists uh, came along and found solutions containing these things called closed time-like curves. And essentially they're loop time loops with where events are both in the future and past of themselves. Hmm. So an object that moves through this time loop can, inter can es essentially travel to its own past. So in layman's terms, dumbass terms, I'm talking about myself here, that basically means if you went back in time and tried to stop your grandparents from meeting and you did, you wouldn't exist. So yeah, yeah. therefore, there's no point in going back in time or you, you know, wouldn't Exa need to. But exactly. your theory that you've calculated with a really big calculator and lots of really big numbers and maybe a massive whiteboard with lots of weird squiggly marks, including algebra, which I hate, has basically said that the universe will correct itself. Yes, we found a lot of, um, a lot of processes by which... Um, events can adjust themselves to remain logically consistent. So the previous um, viewpoint in physics is you take a system and you give it some initial state, and from that initial state you calculate where it will be at any time. But in a time loop, that kind of really like breaks down. Mm. So we made a shift in perspective, and then when we made this shift in perspective, we found that it's possible for events to always logically adjust themselves to remain consistent. So the old saying, you can't change the past 
also relates to the future. You can't change the future. You can't change the future. So does that mean everything is happening right now in the universe at the same time and there is no such thing as time? Well, the whole idea of cause and effect in closed time like curves breaks down and this whole idea that of a distinguish of a difference between the future and the past breaks down. I mean, Einstein said himself, the difference between the future and the past is a stubbornly present illusion. So are we all under an illusion that's being projected from a black hole, like Stephen Hawking said? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That, I, I don't think so. I just think that time, there's a lot more to time. That's than an out there under- theory. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just before he clocks off, he goes, oh, by the way, everyone, it's, it's, uh, you're all in the matrix. Uh, it's just being beamed from uh, some futuristic projector made by an alien race that's making you all think you all have lives. Good night. Uh. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to time than we understand. Okay, so blow our minds. What is it that we don't understand and what do you think? So, what do you believe? So one of the um, ideas that's up and coming in physics at the moment, which is what our research stems from, is the idea that um, uh, that there may not be such a, diff- uh, a big difference between cause and effect or when you can have events which are both the cause and the effect of the same event. And so this whole idea of one event being fixed in the causal past of another event breaks down in that case. Mm. And so essentially the idea of a distinguishing, of distinguishing past and future um, kind of breaks down. So if you're going back to stop patient zero who has COVID-19, eventually the time traveler is going to get it or someone else will get it. And is, is that sort of what yeah, the Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the idea. So one pop culture example of um, to break down our maths is... Please do more, more pop culture examples because that's how people like me understand it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you can travel to your past, attempt to stop uh, patient zero from getting infected. Um, if you succeed, that would be a paradox because it would stop your young... It would not give yourself the younger motivation to go back and stop the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how do you how do you do this with calculators and whiteboards and digits and x plus y squared to the power of one million? And uh, I know that might be really difficult to explain unless I actually study it for a few years. But it's not too hard to explain. It's we just use a lot of logical maths. So if anyone listening is a computer scientist or um, anything like that, they actually might understand the maths because it's about proving logical consistency. Logical consistency yeah. with sums. Okay, so how is how is this going to help us in the future? Because I was reading uh, a couple of articles, because you've been everywhere, Jermaine Tolbar. Uh, I was reading an article that said it's going to help with rockets. Uh, it can mm. help you figure out the e- exact place in time that a rock is going to be when you drop it from the sky. Like how? No, no, no. That's, so that, that, that's that a completely different no, thing? No, no, that's a completely different thing. That's a, that was more the motivation for it. So um, the, as I was explaining before, the dominant um, way of doing the science of motion in physics is that you... Um, you give a system an initial state from that you can calculate where it'll be at any time. For example, if I throw a rock, if I give that rock an initial push, um, from the initial push that I give it, I can calculate where it will be at any time. This is the way we normally do Mm. um, the science of dynamics. But in a time loop, that doesn't really make sense because the rock can then appear in its own past and hit itself off course such that I never threw it. So... So how do we um, how do we set initial conditions if um, if um, the way we normally do this kind of science is we have to impose initial conditions? 
So our work makes a shift in perspective and goes more general than that. And when we make this shift in perspective, we find like with the coronavirus patient zero example, if you went back in time and tried to kill patient zero, instead you would, um, uh, you would. So harsh, <laughs> just to kill patient zero. I mean, that's not their fault. <laughs> they, they were just hanging out in Wuhan in the lab. Maybe they were the cleaner. Yeah, they didn't yeah. know that they were going to get it. Maybe just, just send them to an island or something. You science people are just so hardcore. Yeah, yeah. but, it, but <laughs> anyway, if you, if you tried to, you might end up becoming patient zero yourself and then the pandemic would start as it normally would have. So how do we actually time travel? Is, is there another way? I mean, you've got all these calculations. Is, I mean, you've got the theory that you can actually do it and, and, and what you're saying is that you know, time will correct itself. I get that. But have you guys gone further than that and thought, okay, we need to build a flux capacitor. How so that's, a, that? that's, an, that's um, an open question is how to time travel. One, thing, one way these um, time loops are expected to occur is around rotating black holes. Rotating so, black holes. Yeah, yeah. So in really extreme parts of the universe mm. where you've got a spinning black hole close mm. to its center, it, 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 um, in the maths, it, um, it predicts that there will be these close time-like curves where events are in the future. Like in Interstellar, where Matthew McConaughey goes to an, another galaxy and then he yeah, comes yeah. back and everyone's like 110 and he's still like No, 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 that's, that's different. That's relativity. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Um, time dilation so going into the future is not that hard mm. theoretically all you need to do is go close to the speed of light or go to a really strong gravitational field and that will slow down time for you relatively so we just need to figure out how to do that so if anyone knows please but, yeah. just dm me uh, but that, on that's, Instagram. that's not interesting but, theoretically because we understand that quite well it's mm. going to the past which is the really difficult thing which is what we're studying so do you, what do you think? Do, you, do we have to go to those those two swirling black holes alongside each other or do we have to have some sort of like metal globe Terminator style? That, that Yeah, you either need to go to a rotating black hole or you need negative mass and negative energy, which oh. is no one knows how to make at the moment. Negative mass and negative energy. Yeah. I have positive mass and negative energy on a Sunday afternoon on the couch because <laughs> I ain't going nowhere yeah, yeah. But, but so uh, well, how would you do that? Ne negative mass and negative energy? It's a, it's, a good, it's a good question. If you can answer that, you'll probably win a Nobel Prize. So. Have, you, have you got any, any theories? But you probably don't want to divulge them right now yeah, because someone might, someone might steal your theory and time travel and then kill you so that they can claim it for themselves. Yeah, better not share. Do you, ever, do you ever start thinking stuff like that? Do you think like crazy stuff like, oh, I don't know, and all this stuff that I'm saying right now, should I really be saying it because mm. someone from the future might be time traveling and want to... Nah, either the people who would probably want to steal it probably don't understand it and aren't in science. And the people who do understand it and are in science are very supportive and will help you work towards. Okay, Jermaine Tolba, I have a mm -hmm. question for you. Do you think that people are time traveling right now? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the pictures well, online of people who are like, dressed in modern clothes in photos from history? Yeah, yeah. Have you I seen have. this stuff? I think these are more conspiracy, conspiracy photos. So anyway, a time, tra a time traveler. He claims he's a time traveler. This guy uh, Noah. He brought back pictures of Vegas from the year twenty one twenty. Have you you've seen all those videos of that guy online? Surely no, you were, you were studying this this whole honors degree, and you thought, oh, well, there's a guy who reckons he's already doing it. Kind of blows my theories out the window. And he, you think he's full of shit? I don't know. I think a lot of these. Um these people that come out like this are just that conspiracy theorists. And what what about the um, the guy who uh, was like at the opening of the, this bridge in 1941 in British Columbia? I mean, this this photo is like clearly clearly photoshopped. 
I'll give you a, I'll give you a look at it. But it's it's like he's standing there, everyone's wearing their ye olden time clothes, and and then there's this guy. Look at look at these people. It's the opening of a bridge in British Columbia, and look at this guy. Clearly, he's wearing a hipster vest. He's got a, a trendy modern day haircut. He's got Back to the Future style spacey goggles, or has he just been photoshopped in there? Do you think? Because this is actually um, a photo from a museum. Yeah, yeah. Possibly photoshopped. Possibly a time traveler. Who knows? It's um, hey? un- unfalsifiable. But man. It'd be it'd be cool if you could actually do it. And if you could t- time travel like that guy, what would you do? What would I do? Would you go back in time and kill Hitler? Or would you just you know, well, sort like, yourself well, out? Well, I couldn't if you accept my theory. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what, so what about if you broke right now and you time travel and you, and you, you got all the winning odds for the races, uh, would you get those odds something, and something. bet on them? And and then would, well, you, this, would you lose this, all your money again? This could potentially create a paradox. So things might adjust themselves. So maybe different numbers actually come up, or, or someone oh, will steal your money, or someone's or the or the, t- that or the ticket gets lost. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he was always rich. Maybe in my part, my younger self in in my past, he was rich alongside me, but I just didn't know him. So do you know that there's already been a time traveler, and it's it's been proven scientifically? Uh no. So we we showed it's not impossible. Come on. Come on, have a good think about it. What's Who, that? Who's, who's the world's first time traveller in real life? I'm not, the I'm not pulling a fast one here, and I know I've been known uh, to do that. The world's first time traveller? Her name is Peggy Whitson. So she spent 600 days in space, 15 spacewalks, and she was also uh, the captain of the International Space Station. All uh, right. Her clock didn't advance as far as people on the ground. So... She's two seconds younger when she came back to Earth after 600 days or more in space. Yep, time dilation. It's time traveling! Yeah, yeah, but this is, um, this is the time travel into the future. It's not time travel into the past. Check out this time traveler in a 1928 Charlie Chaplin film of the premiere at Grumman's Chinese Theatre in Hollywood. And this lady clearly looks like she's talking on a mobile phone if behind the, <laughs> a big zebra <laughs> and an elephant. She's clearly talking on a mobile phone. Mm. Look at that. Look at that. Wearing 1930s clothing on the phone. Interesting. How to explain that? Yeah, good question. There, there are a lot of people with a lot of advanced skills in filmography and Look at her. photo editing. Who's she? Hang on yeah. a minute, though. Who's she talking to? Because there's, there's, no, control, there's no control towers. What do you call it? Um, mobile phone towers. But then again, if she's that far from the future, maybe you don't need phone towers and she's just talking to another time traveller and another part of the planet mm. look at that what do you think I think that there's a lot of people who are very skilled in editing videos <laughs> here it is what I actually think it is is one of those old hearing aids you know that people put a horn in their in their ear like a little a gramophone thing so they could hear what you're saying maybe she's trying to talk to her husband who's walking off in front of her and going hey George slow down uh, I, you're going to the premiere without me I don't want you walking the red yeah, carpet yeah. without me and he's like oh piss off Gladys yeah, cause, cause can you just see a hand now or do you actually see a phone in the well at, at a distance it could be you know you can't really can, can you just see a hand she's holding something we, do, we don't really put um, things that aren't falsifiable into scientific um, reports or scientific papers Okay, we stick, to, we stick to <laughs> clearly, clearly I'm being a complete idiot. So tell us about the Hadron Collider. Does this come into your theories at all? Smashing particles? Is that, is that going to help us figure out how to time travel? Mm, not immediately. Did you look into it? 
Uh, no, I have not yet. Maybe in the future I'll look oh, into it. Okay. But I don't think there's any direct relation to our work and to particle physics at the Large Hadron Collider. Mm. Um, some of these particles and the scattering processes they do do violate time reversal symmetry, but it doesn't have much to do with the time travel um, that we're talking about. So you're just focused on time travel. So, all right, well, all this is said and done, and you, you've finished your UQ diploma of time travel <laughs> and and you go out there into the world what are you going to use that for like what what's your next step in the business world are you just going to keep studying and become a professor so the plan is to probably i'll do a phd and then continue in scientific research okay so who would pick you up for after doing a a, uh, a thesis like that an honors degree well this this was the time travel project was not for my honors thesis i'm doing something different oh, okay what else are you doing I'm doing, um, trying to, a project on explaining why quantum physics breaks down at large mass scales and large length scales. Why don't the laws of quantum physics apply to everyday objects? Okay. So can you explain to people out there who don't know exactly what quantum physics is? Yeah. So quantum physics is um, the main theory that describes how the universe operates on the smaller scales, so on the scales of atoms and microscopic particles. And it has a lot of weird things about it. So, for example, um, on the microscopic scale, it seems like things exist in two states at once. So you can put a particle in a what we call a quantum superposition of being here and there. And we, the measurements we do on it show that it, it seems to be physically in two places at once mm -hmm. until you measure it. Then when you measure it, it just becomes um, in one place. It, you only measure it in one place. So the Chinese did that, and they and and they got that one particle into space and on, on yes. the Earth at the same time. Yeah, yeah, did you yeah, read that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what true. What was that all about? Um, I'm not familiar on the exact experiment, but lots of these space-based experiments have been done. A recent one was entangling particles, where one part one particle is in space and one particle is on Earth, to do a test of gravi gravity. I know uh, what you're doing. So you're going from time travel to beam me up, Scotty. You're figuring out how to how to make things materialize on the other side of the planet, or on the other side of space, so you don't actually have to travel. You can just go. Burp, I'm there. Mm, I'm, hey, come on. Hey, I figured it out. Didn't it, would, I? it would be a cool um, thing to figure out how to do. So, have you ever done that, where you've actually made a, a particle be in exactly the same two places at the same time? It it's done all the time in the labs at UQ. Yeah. Yeah. What's 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 the biggest thing that blew you away, other other than figuring out the equation of time travel? Uh, what's what's something that's really blown you away about, you know, studying physics? Yeah, I think the laws of quantum physics, I think, have really blown me away and learning them. Um, in addition to Einstein theories and the prediction of time travel, quantum physics also has these equally just whack predictions, um, but well, they seem like to what? hold up to experiment. Well, the idea that a particle can be at two places at once. Yeah. yeah, that just messes with my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how does that happen, and, and what does it mean? Yeah, these are good questions, and that's what, what you're trying to figure that's out. That's what scientists are trying to figure out, yeah. Will we figure it out? And what, what will it mean? Will that mean that we can actually beam ourselves to other parts of the planet? Beam well, ourselves if not up this, to a spaceship? It might, it, it might lead to other really revolutionary technologies like quantum computing, um, yeah, yeah. Really Quantum fast computing. internet. Really That's fast all I give computation. A crap about. Call those people at the NBN and sort that shit out. <laughs> because we've wasted billions. Why why is the actual NBN that's a pipe in the ground slower than my mobile phone? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. What was the point of digging up holes and putting stuff in the ground? Yeah. 
I mean, most I was I was against the, the all the changes to the NBN. So. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm Turnbull comes along and goes, "Oh, you know what? This pesky NBN. We we don't need, we don't need to." Uh, to, to rip that copper out of the ground, we can just connect the high tech stuff to the copper, and it goes back to square one where we were. Slow it down. Of dollars wasted. <laughs> yep. Nice one, Mal. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. <laughs> just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else I gotta ask you? I Peter, I Peter speed up. Uh, something that I wanted to say. I think it's going well. I like it. What do you think? I think it's great. Mm, how long has it been recording for? So we're at 28 minutes, but we're probably going like five to 10 minutes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, becoming a physicist, studying quantum theory and time travel, has it, uh, it, it made you religious or less religious? Do you, do you follow any demigod or what's I've, your story? I've never really been religious and studying physics, if anything, has made me less religious. Oh, okay. So you're a scientist. Yes, but a lot of scientists are Christian. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. But and so are they trying to find the God particle? Mm. And what is the God particle? The God particle is... Um, it's more given that name, not because any it has any relation to God or anything, just because it's a particle that physicists have predicted that they've been searching for for a very long time, and now they, they have found it. What is it? The Higgs and bo- what's it do? The Higgs boson. Is that what I've been praying to? No, not not quite. <laughs> I've been praying to a particle. Please, particle, forgive me of my sins. <laughs> and can can I please have a pay rise at work? Yeah, yeah. I guess you have a lot to be grateful for for this particle. It gives you mass. The particles give me mass. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh, you mean uh, the God particle is it's a part of the atom structure? Mm, that I'm not a particle physicist, mm. but um. It is no um, understood as a particle which um, uh, gives other particles mass. Right, gotcha. So no religion, not interested. But yeah, you've met a, met a few other scientists, and uh, and they are religious. I do know physicists that are religious. Yeah. And how, how come it doesn't change them in the way that that they think? Um, I mean, they just have different viewpoints. I mean, I think whether you have faith is different to whether you can think scientifically. Like, because, I mean, a lot of people misunderstand that science and religion conflict, but science is all about, uh, like, accepting what you can test. Mm. Religion is, if so the scientists who are religious accept that we can never test religion, therefore it does not fall within the realm of science. Therefore it's something, it's something, it's, something, it's just things. a completely different thing, yeah. Right, okay. So the magic man clapped his hands and boom, yay, there's a planet. Yeah. Lots of people. There it is. That's what they think, I guess. But how 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 you have to, you have to speak how to do they theorise that that everything came to exist? Is it, well, do they, they don't. Still follow they don't, the Big Bang. That's the thing is they don't claim it's science. They don't theorise about it or anything. They just they just say that they have faith. So the, does does that mean to them as scientists that it's just something that they can never understand? These little human well, brains. It's, well, it's never, never testable. Hmm? It's never testable. Yeah, that's true. So it, therefore, it's not scientific. Do you think humans are smart? Relative to what? Well, relative to everything else on the planet, we are. Yeah. But you know, more so than me, because you've you've studied it. How big the universe is. You know a lot more about science than I do, and you've learned so much. And I guess you're learning every day, and you you've created these incredible calculations that have made you discover that Einstein's theory of relativity is right, and you've created a new theory that keeps it right and makes yours right as well to say that time travel is possible. Do you think? 
wow, I've learned all this stuff, but it's made me realize that as humans, if you look at how long we've been on the planet for, we're not really that clever. Well, we haven't been around for very long. Mm. We've done a lot for the time that we've been around. If you think about it, a few hundred years ago, compared to where a few hundred years ago, we've come very far. Um, I don't know. I think it's hard to say whether humans are stupid or not because where you're making a, a conclusion based off one data point, we only we don't really know much about intelligent life anywhere else in the universe, so we can't really compare. Do you think there's intelligent life in the universe? I think there's a very strong chance that it does exist somewhere in the universe. There's so many planets out there. Yeah, yeah. The universe is massive. It's got to be something. I mean, I was watching a video yesterday. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole that there's actually turtles on Mars. Mm, I don't know if this is true. <laughs> there's a dude. He's been sitting in his, in his living room for years, and he's actually been examining all the photos from NASA, saying, see, this is a turtle. Look, if I put this Instagram filter on this rock, it looks like a turtle. Turtles on Mars. Interesting. Um, yeah, How do they get there, though? Like, and don't turtles need water? I, I don't know if this is um, very scientifically <laughs> accepted. Has it, has it been peer-reviewed, this, um, this claim that there's turtle on Mars? Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, so, so tell us about Fabio. He's the, uh, the professor. He's your mentor. He's been guiding you through this, uh, this crazy thesis that you've, you've come up with. This incredible, it's not crazy, it's, a, it's an amazing discovery. Um, and how has it been for both of you in the, in the public eye now? Because you, you're doing interviews on TV, radio, all over the world, and everyone's jumping up and down about this, this crazy discovery that you've had. Yeah, it's, um, it's very exciting. Um, I would say that it kind of doesn't really feel real a lot of the time because, um, I don't know, you, it doesn't feel like that much has changed, just that it, it feels strange to see all these news articles come out about me and it's mm. like, wow, that's crazy. That's actually me on the, on the news articles. But, I mean, it doesn't really feel like that much has changed in my life. I'm still going to uni and doing my degree and getting through it all. Have you had any Chinese or Russian scientists try and hack your computer and kidnap you to, to steal all your secrets? No, because my secrets are all within the public domain now. <laughs> Has anyone reached out to you and gone, hey, man, you're a genius. This is pretty crazy. Come and work with us at NASA or, you know, we'll pay you millions of dollars. Do you think that's, that could be around the corner because this is getting worldwide attention? I did get a job offer in a financial company in New York, but... Because um, <laughs> they wanted you to tell the future of their stocks. <laughs> is that what they wanted? No, no. They wanted me to do um, mathematical modeling for them. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that like for, for the stock market or something like that and like where oh. the stocks are going to go and... Something like that. You don't yeah. want to do that. That's boring. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to do? What, what's, what's the uh, most exciting job that you could possibly get when you, you I finished think all of this? Continuing in science would be the most exciting job. Is there a one single job, or is it, is it just you going to be at a uni teaching other people and coming up with new stuff to, to send out there to the world and just continue doing interviews like this, or or do you want some Elon Musk to come along and go, "Hey, I'm going to pay a million dollars a year to help me come up with a mm. a new faster Tesla"? Nah, I think I I prefer the fundamental to the applied stuff. So I'd prefer to stay at um, university and do and continue to. Um, Isn't that a bit safe? Don't you want to get out there in the real world? Well, theoretical physics is the real world. <laughs> I mean, it's it's important. Like, I know, to, yeah, I know theoretical. It's I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, just, I, I mean, I I got kicked out of school in year eight, nine, and ten, and I just 
in my own mind, I, I, I couldn't be stuck at a uni or a school yeah, forever. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if an opportunity came up, I would strongly consider it. I mean, I'd be an idiot not to consider it. Yeah. But um, I would, I think at this stage, I am leaning towards wanting to stay at uni and continue um, in theoretical physics. Right, okay, so um, what's Fabio like to work with? Because I know he's probably going to be watching this and going, you better give me a few mentions because I helped him on this thing. Because he's claiming this as well. Is it all, all his idea or half your idea, half his? Or is it's, he just, it's mostly you, his protege. What's the story? It's mostly his idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah so he, um, he had the project and he offered the project. Um, I came in and was the undergrad student who basically did the maths and did the work. And he just had discussions with me to help me... Um, to help me um, along with the project. But at the end of the day, it came down to me going and doing the maths and getting the results. And so when you came back to him with the math and go, hey, I think I got something here. Well, yeah. uh, what did he say? What, what happened? Was it like a, uh, a doc from Back to the Future moment where he started screaming and ranting and jumping up and down? And this is it. We found the secret to time travel. Did <laughs> you have quite. a party? You pop some champagne? <laughs> he, he just said we should write a paper on it. That was it? Yeah. You, you, you didn't go to Wing House and City and have a few beers or no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. No, no, no excitement. Or did you did you contact the uh, publicity department at UQ and say, hey, we might have something here. You better start. Well, once people. once it was accepted, we contacted the publicity department. And they they um they were like, yeah, okay, let's do a media release. This could be quite popular. Did you even high five? Did you shake hands? Like, oh, I'm just w- w- wondering what happens in a lab when you figure out all these calculations. And um, we were happy, but at the time, I don't think, or at least I know I didn't realize that it was very significant. I thought it was a technical maths result. And I think maybe it's quite possible that he thought, yeah, it's a technical maths result at the time too. But um, once you put it in its context and built and built the motivation around it, then it becomes a very cool research area. But still in the physics community, it is a bit of a very technical and highly nuanced result at the moment. Well, good on you, Fabio. Nice one. Nice, nice discovery. And, and you too as well, Jermaine. So other scientists out there now have all of your, uh, your information. Have any of them reached out to you and said, well done, I'm now going to build a time machine? Uh, not quite. I, I hope someone does build one in the future. That would be very exciting. Yeah. You never know. It could happen. Yeah. And w- will this interview even exist? Will it change everything? No, it won't, because time will correct itself. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a real eye-opener. Thank you so much, Jermaine. Uh, really appreciate you for coming in to chat about time travel. And uh, no I guess we'll see you in the future coming up with more amazing theories. Uh, good thank luck you. with your, uh, your honours. Thank you. And, uh, and tell Fabio we said thank you very much for, uh, for making this a- amazing discovery. No worries. Thank good you on you, much. mate. Jermaine Tolbar, ladies and gentlemen. Jermaine Jermaine Tolbar, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, so where, where can people find you, by the way, if they want to uh, follow you online? Um, oh, I don't really have much. Uh, most of my online presence is personal, but if you really want to follow me online, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, see, he's fishing for work. That's what he's, <laughs> he's, he's he, They see the Tesla thing. That's all happening. You don't want to say that you're, you're looking to, to go outside the uni because... You know, and, and leave the uni because then they won't give you funding to build that time machine. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I knew it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we figure out everything here. Good on you, mate. Good luck. We'll All be right. watching your career very carefully. And uh, Thank you. I, I, I hope uh, you actually do get to build that time machine. And maybe yeah. I get to see you in the future when I'm like 96, if I make it that far. It would be very interesting. Jermaine Tolbar. Jermaine Tolbar. Jermaine Tolbar. <laughs> <laughs> Did they call you the Tobar at school? Uh, no. In, at college, they called me Tobar. The tow bar. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because he's, 
He's towing the, all the dumbasses in the class. They're all, all behind him. Not quite. No. Jermaine Tolbar, absolute legend. If people want to follow you, they can jump on your LinkedIn. Is that right, mm-hmm. Jermaine Tolbar? You can find him online and follow his incredible career, his amazing theories, and uh, read some of those, uh, those articles on there as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Good on you, mate. And thank you, Fabio, the uh, professor at UQ, for, uh, for this amazing discovery. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you to Australian Online News. Uh, thank you to BrisbaneStudios.tv if you'd like to hire a studio to, to do anything from a corporate video to a uh, special presentation, BrisbaneStudios.tv. We've got uh, two studios, one in Edward Street, the city, and another one in Balimba, where we are now, the On The Mic Studios. Thank you, AON. And uh, don't forget... If you want to get uh, all the news all the time, australianonlinenews.com.au. Follow me at Mike Goldman Live, all of the socials, and please don't forget to like and subscribe, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, please give us a cheeky review, hopefully a good one. Thanks for watching. Catch you next time on the mic.